0: A safe space for St. Louis to learn about soccer. This is Soccer 101 with Michelle Smallman and Moon Valjean. Welcome back in again to Soccer 101. It's a safe place for St. Louis to talk about soccer. Michelle Smallman and Moon Valjean are here with you. And Moon, three games, three victories for City. They get their third win of the season, a two to one victory over Portland this weekend. How you doing, my friend?
2: I'm doing great. Three and O, that's huge. Uh, <laughs> nobody, nobody predicted it. Nobody expected it. Uh, we, we, the that's the that's the first squad to go three and oh since 2009, as far as an expansion team, and uh, since the Ce- uh, Seattle Sounders did it so excitingly years and years ago. It's it doesn't seem like that long ago, but that's a long time ago, and we have a chance. For this uh, this next home match to be four and oh, wouldn't that be spectacular?
0: It would be spectacular, and. I know that this team was underestimated heading into this season and that's fair. I even said, I don't want to place any expectations on them. There is a group of players getting together and hitting the pitch for the first time. There's a lot of things that need to be worked out, but I think moon, it's fair to say that they have exceeded not only our expectations and St. Louis's expectations, but the MLS's expectations as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. And you could see, I mean, you could hear that in the announcers. Uh, You could see that in the crowd. You could even see it kind of on social media and everything. People are just like, we're holding their breath, like maybe we have a chance of going three and zero. And when it happened, it was it was wonderful. Now, n- not the most gorgeous of games to watch but you know a win's a win it's great for diehards Uh, the only the only negative I can really see in any of it is I hope since that was the second and last free watch on the Apple uh, season pass it was a little bit of a bummer that it wasn't more of an exciting game wasn't more of a fast paced game you know like interrupted game as it was so I was a little bit bummed because you know my wife was watching some other people that are that are new to the league were watching and they're like is it always this is there so many whistles and guys on the ground and 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 that kind of stuff. So it was a little bit of a bummer there. Uh, So I just want to get that in and out of the way. That's not Mm -hmm. typically, I think what we're going to be seeing in the league, especially from our team. Um, I think it will only improve from there, but it was a little bummer that that was the last free one. What an inspiring first three matches from, from players to coaches, to strategies, to results, uh, this is gonna be a truly exciting season.
0: You you mentioned the word inspiring moon, and I wanna stick there for a second because let's talk about the first three games. Game one, they're down two one to Austin. They come back, they have the victory, three to two is the final score. Second game, you're down one nil to Charlotte. You come back, you win three to one. Same thing in this game versus Portland. They strike first, city's down one-nothing, and they come back and win two to one. So as we're developing an identity of this team, I think resilient is a word we can throw in there.
2: Yeah. Or, or composed, uh, really Mm -hmm. composed and not getting thrown off as far as energy wise or play wise. Um, I don't want to be that team, though. I don't want to be the comeback team. I don't want to be known for that. My heart health <laughs> uh, will not do well with with <laughs> expecting us to go down in the first half every time and have to dig out of a hole. I'd like to see us really be that intense, pressing, uh, get-the-first-goal sort of team. Uh, but, man, three wins is more than I could ever ever imagine or, or, or wish for for this team. And, you know, before we started uh, the podcast today, you and I were both talking about However, everybody underestimated this team and rightly so, Uh, but really seeing some of the talent and the skills in this team, individuals, um, we were underestimated for sure. There is some ridiculous skill out there and we get to talk to one of those players that I think is going to be a key component to uh, the, the team, the strategy. Uh, and the fandom, honestly, on the pod today.
0: That's right. In just a few minutes here, we're going to talk to City Ford, Nico Joachini. And I love this kid, Moon. I love his his play. He has quickly become a player to watch, an impact player on this team. He's got an amazing resume. He's got a really interesting story. And, you know, heading into this year, we were talking about guys like Klaus and Berkey, names that we would be remembering. I think Nico's going to be one of them.
2: For sure. So I saw him first live in uh, match day two. And I didn't hear any of the you know, I was I I was there at the at City Park. So I didn't hear any of the announcers talking about him or what they said or if they said anything. I was just going from what I was watching on the field on and off the ball. And the very first thing I, I, I said and thought was, thank goodness. Uh, Coach Carnell put somebody up there, uh, with Klaus to take some defenders off, to to take some pressure off, and really to put pressure on the defense and on the keeper of this team. Like you mentioned, we played Austin. Uh, we got something out of a top four or five uh, club. Ex- you know, expected to 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 position themselves top four or five club this this season. We got something out of that match. That second match was a bit more even, um, but immediately. Joe Akini, I I look down at this kid and I'm like, uh, uh, number eleven. Wow, this this kid's pressuring the goalie. He's making him nervous. He's taking so much of the pressure off of Klaus in the in the front field. I was like, this is this is our guy. This is this is already one of my favorite guys on the field. I love his hustle. I love watching him on and off the ball. I was able to do that in that first match. I was sad to see him not get a start in the third match. Happy to see him go in there. Uh, And I really look forward to seeing how he is used in the um, evolving strategies of St. Louis City SC. And he's instantly one of my favorites. I I went and grabbed the sheet after the second half when I went up into the the media and I was like, I need to know more about this guy. And turns out he's a Kansas City guy. That's right. So we got plenty to talk about. I instantly went and followed him on social media. Man, I'm I'm just so excited to talk to him today. I got lots of questions, and one of my questions is gonna actually revolve around a little bit of our word of the week, which we will get to in a second. But let's you want to talk about uh, match day three, just in in a little bit of detail, just to kind of catch people up as to what happened. Yeah, go ahead, Moon. Do you have any grades to distribute this week? Uh, you know, I I didn't want. I know I'm coming off real harsh with these grades and everything. <laughs> um, and I was trying. I was. Trying, is it moving again? I can't. I can't <laughs> uh, listen, man. And and I'll say this. I know, I know I've seemingly crashed on living a bunch uh, w- with everything. And I'll. And I'll people and are, I'll, people are angry by the way. They're in my mentions. They're in my DMS.
0: They have a bone oh. to pick with you about that one.
2: That's fine. That's totally fine. I, <laughs> I welcome all that. And it's not that I'm criticizing the guy. It's that I have high expectations. And when you're going to wear number 10 and you're going to be the, the, the big dude in the center mid uh, you need to be um, you need to be consistent. You need to be inspiring, uh, which will also again tie into our word of the week you you need to be a lot you it, it, we expect a lot and and uh Leuven impressed me greatly in the in the second half and the majority of the first half but their first goal if you rewind it just a few seconds Leuven lost the ball in the midfield it's driving me crazy it's driving me crazy, and I got you, I got a feeling it's driving the coaches uh, crazy. Now, the dude clearly showed a lot more vision and creativity. He has, like I said last week, he's got incredible feet. I just don't like the legs that are attached to him. He seems to need an extra second or two, and he's not going to get that in this league in the midfield. Not the way the ball works in the midfield of this of this team. I know that we're doing a lot of spread it out in the backfield and kick it long and and do this counterattacking thing. So he's going to be more of a, rather than like a pivot point from, from defense to, to attack, he's being used in, in different ways. But that ball bounces around the midfield in this league a lot. And we need a big, strong number 10 that has that skill, that has that body to not lose the ball. So it's not that I'm crashing on him and rooting against him. I'm rooting for him and I'm expecting a lot. And I think the team is expecting a lot. That's why he's wearing number ten.
0: Yeah, but he was in the mix again, right there. Um, the game-winning goal. Who are we talking about?
2: Yeah, he's he was in the mix. Uh, I was I was happy that he was a part of things. Like I said, he he impressed. We need a Ryan Giggs there. We need a we need a Paul Scholes. We need these these individuals of history that are just famous for for being solid, steady. Putting in the balls and all that, but also not losing the ball. That's the only criticism I have. He really does have skill at putting the ball where he wants.
0: Not only that, really quickly, just a little two two minutes in when they scored and they had had another chance prior to that, Berkey with the great save. So I was very concerned early in, in the game that this was going to be uh, very heavily uh, pressurized by Portland,
2: coming from behind these three matches really does show you that they have good composure. They're able to be patient. They don't uh, just get out of control and and get really you know behind the eight ball.
0: Composure is not the word of the day or the word of the week. We're going to get
2: to another word. It was a bummer that it was such a late game. My wife crashed out about halfway through the second half. Uh, but I but I kept in there. It was a it was a late night on a on a tough weekend as far as losing sleep. Yo.
0: I was on East Coast time.
2: Oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> I was thought brutal. about that. It was I know. Brutal. I was texting you like all the, I know. you know the curse words after that first match or that first that first goal, and I was like, "Oh man, it's like eleven something her time." I gotta tell you, that's like how I was like this,
0: like one eye open. I was like, <laughs> "Daylight savings." It was a lot going on for your girl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I,
2: was I was like, man, I don't know if Michelle's gonna be able to handle the season <laughs> with me texting her so late about these. No, girls.
0: I love it. Text it anytime. You know that. Okay. Oh. Should we do our little jingle? Word of the week. Oh, yeah.
2: So the word of the week today, uh, or this week, is talisman. Now, you hear a lot of announcers talk about, oh, he's the tal- oh, here comes the talisman of the team, the talisman. and And for years, I heard that term in all sorts of different leagues from all different types of broadcasters. And I never bothered looking it up. I assumed it was like the go-to guy or the goal scoring guy or the the you know the guy that's had uh the best run of of play you know he's in form uh right now but I was actually kind of wrong. A talisman in football is the player that brings team luck. When a talisman plays, the team is stronger. When the team doesn't have the talisman, their fans and their pundits wonder if they will be able to play as well. The talisman offers, um, yes, they they do score important goals. They create chances. They generally, though, lift the team's spirit. It's the inspiration for the team. It's that guy when you're on the field and they're subbed on or when you're starting, you look over and you see so-and-so and you feel more comforted, you feel more composed, you feel more inspired that this guy's on the field, he holds the ball, he controls the game, he's in control, Uh, he's going to get us the goal or he's going to set up the goal, whatever it is, he is the inspiration on the team. That is the talisman of the team. So
0: it doesn't necessarily have to be the best player.
2: No, not necessarily. I mean, when you say the best player, you know, coaches are probably going to pick these unsung hero midfielders that that control it, um, in in Manchester United, we had a a, a midfielder not long ago that was uh, not on the score sheet all that much, but was a true like pivot point, and you knew that when he was in the starting eleven, it was just a more more secure atmosphere. Actually, uh, the majority of teams have those have those types of people, and I mentioned Ryan Giggs before. And those of you that don't know Ryan Giggs, a long story career at Manchester United, and as a fan, even when he was older, not fast not you know the 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 greatest out there not being talked about with the ronaldo's and the messi's not scoring goals but when he was on there he was just the absolute talisman to me even if he wasn't the captain he just felt like the veteran on the team that was there to 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 assist everybody else with assists with create creative opportunities with A a structured midfielder that knew how to not lose the ball. He was just the guy that made you feel more comfortable about the match, period. Mm,
0: I love that. I'm trying to think for some of our new listeners who are still just getting into soccer, if there's a Cardinals comp of who a talisman would be. And the first person that came to mind was Adam Wainwright. But I don't know if that's necessarily the same comp because he is a legend and has been around forever. But I just know whenever he gets the ball, Moon, you feel more comfortable. You feel inspired Fired, you feel pumped up. You feel like you know that he's gonna get the job done. There's there's a Force multiplier effect to Adam Wainwright, and I think that that's kind of what a talisman is, right? There's a full a force multiplier effect.
2: That is a wonderful example. I, I think you you nailed it. And Molina can be said, uh, you know, the same can be said. Where even if those guys are like obviously out of form, just the fact that they they have the ball or they're in in the game, um, it does make you feel better. It makes you feel more secure as a team. It f- makes you feel more inspired uh, to go against a team that you may know is better at the, in the in the moment. You're just like, you know what? I got. I have. I have faith in Wainwright. I have faith in Molina. I have mm-hmm. faith in Ryan Giggs. Uh, that is the, the talisman. Now the talisman to the team, maybe somebody that the fans aren't necessarily like picking up on, which is one of the questions I'm going to have for Joe Acchini. I want to know if they have that guy. And, and again, maybe that's why I'm so intense on Leuven because I think that the plan before matches were, were, were made is that that was supposed to be his role. And, um, and maybe that's what I was kind of zooming in on and and was was hoping to see. So I'm curious to see right now. It seems like Klaus is the fans talisman, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, even though he's not touching the ball a ton when he's on there and he gets the ball, people are like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. You, you know, yeah. what I mean? it's just an exciting sort of thing. So we'll see what happens. And I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how that plays out in the next season to see if we have an obvious talisman, the inspiration on the field.
0: Well, Moon, you're going to get the opportunity to ask Nico that very question in just a second. But before we get to Nico Joachini, let's go to the emails. And by the way, you can always reach out to us with questions, concerns, criticisms, whatever you want at AskSoccer101 at gmail.com. But Moon, this one comes from Alan. He says, Hey guys, I didn't realize I would become such a huge fan of City after watching all the games, but I have. With that being said, I do have a question. I'm looking into getting tickets to go to my first game with my family. Is every seat in the house at City Park a good view? I'm worried that sitting up high, I might miss the action. Thank you from Ellen and his family who are new to MLS and new City fans.
2: Oh, that's a great question. Uh, Being there uh, for that match day two and looking forward to match day four here at City Park, I will tell you there is no bad seat. Now, if you're looking for just like a better seat than than most he mentioned being up high i would say that's actually probably a better seat than being directly uh behind one of the goals closer to field level it's amazing it's amazing when you're close to field level and you see the speed and the skill of these of these guys up close the problem with that is when they're on the other side of the field Um, you're missing out on a lot of depth. You're missing out on a lot of action that's going on on the other side of the field when you're directly behind the goal, closer to field range. When you are up, you have a better than camera view. And I was up on the second terrace, you know, or whatever they're calling it, up in those higher seats. And I was, Ridiculously impressed with how close I felt to the field, still close to the action, and I was able to really see and read everything. So I think you're actually in a great position. Do I think there's a bad seat in the house? No, but I would say the only concern you would have is if you were really on field level, like second row behind one of the goals, that's the only time you're going to miss out on some action being high. You're all good.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen a match at city park yet, but I have gotten a tour of the stadium and it does not seem like there's a bad seat in the house. And I actually am with you, Moon. It's amazing to be down on field level, to see the size, the speed, the athleticism of the players. But when you're up a little higher, especially in a soccer match, you can watch the entire pitch and watch the plays develop. So I don't think you have to worry about that at all. And since you have been to a match, Alan did have one additional question. He said, what time do you suggest getting down to the stadium? He says, I've been to baseball games. I always get down about 45 minutes early. Will that be too late if I go to a city match to find parking and get inside and get to my seats.
2: Um I'm not the right guy to ask as far as parking. That's still a trick that I have yet to uh, to figure out and master. I, I parked at the foundry and walked and I would not suggest that. Oh wow that's good that's a bit of a hike. It was a far longer hike than I was anticipating. <laughs> yeah, my, back, wow. my back hurt for two days after that. I oh wore the wrong God. footwear. <laughs> Jeez. So that was a that was a bad move. Don't don't do that. Um, but for the most part, I heard not many complaints. Not as many complaints as I thought I was going to hear about the parking. I think forty-five to fifty minutes before kickoff is plenty of time. I think you're going to be good. St. Louis ain't that big, um, and I think you'll find i find I think you'll find a decent place, and you'll get in there in plenty of time to see uh, maybe some of the supporter groups uh, march in. Uh, try to stay on the north side so you can watch them uh, uh, go in. You know, don't go straight to your seat necessarily. Kind of mill about. Enjoy yourself. Go see some of the food offerings. Go go, go. look at the team store across the street maybe first. And then uh, be kind of closer to that north side. I, I believe they come in on the northwest entrance. Uh, and the kids will get a huge kick out of that. The drums, the chanting, the singing. And watch them all fill into the the standing room uh Uh, supporters section. Let the kids see that. Then take your seat. I think you'll be totally fine with 45 minutes.
0: Alan, I would suggest getting there at least an hour ahead of time because it's your first match, because there's going to be so much you want to see. I know I went to City Park for a tour and I was there at least an hour and there wasn't even a game going on. You know, as Moon said, you're going to want to check out the team store. You're going to want to walk around the stadium and see all the food offerings. You're going to want to be a part of the festivities outside of the stadium. I would say at least an hour for your first time so that you can really savor everything that's happening before you get to your seats
2: that's good that's yeah that's that's good and like i said i i have no idea about the parking because i i i (laughs) took a hike man i took a hike so dumb
0: (laughs) you know you sound like a new yorker not me because here they'll be like oh it's only like a couple blocks and it's a 45 minute walk people walk here like crazy which is good it's good exercise but i'm like yo i'm from the midwest okay we have in a car to drive five minutes i'm not used to this
2: yeah, if I was prepared with the right footwear, it would have been a different story. And I had planned on Ubering. I went down there and I was like, oh, maybe I can park here. I, I wanted to see the foundry. I had ne- never seen the foundry and all the food down there. So I was really impressed. And I was like, oh, this is so awesome. I'm going to call an Uber. And then as I'm on the corner getting ready to call an Uber, these two cats in jerseys. So we all matched, you know, like passed me and they cross the street like they're going to walk. And I was like, well, if these guys can do it, I can do It, it must not be that far. So, boy, I went on a hike, and I saw how beautiful St. Louis is. (laughs) (laughs) And I made it down there just in time to get in, and then the walk back was devastating.
0: Well, let's welcome in St. Louis City SC forward, Nico Giacchini. Nico, thank you so much for taking the time to join the podcast. The team is off to the hottest of starts. Three games, three victories. Tell me how you're feeling and what the vibe is around the team right now.
1: Well, thank you for having me first of all um happy to be here uh the vibe is positive it's positive um you know we're gaining confidence so uh, it's something that needs to stay like that but also needs to be controlled because being overconfident sometimes can um, cause reality checks So um you know staying humble, um, being able being able to um uh, stay focused and keeping our heads, up but down at the same time um in terms of focus so working hard and every game's a new game
2: first of all nico thanks for being here man i'm like i'm I'm a huge fan already uh just learning a lot about you in these last couple of weeks and what got me so excited was seeing you on the field match day two uh in in city park Instantly, I started watching. I'm I'm just a diehard fan. I've been touring the planet, trying to see as many football matches as I can in different cities, different continents, and just spreading the love of soccer. So I'm just so happy that it's here in St. Louis in the MLS. And with the pace that you showed immediately, it was like, oh, this is our guy. I freaking love this dude. Number 11. I'm buying this jersey. I'm following this cat <laughs> on Instagram. Like, I love this guy. I want to know more about him. Um, but like you mentioned with, with the energy and stay in focus, you guys have shown such composure, uh, in these last couple of matches and it's gotta be really fun having the opportunity to come out with who knows what expectations. Um, but my real question for, for, for you, my first one is our word of the week was talisman. And I'm sure you've, you're familiar with the term just being like the inspiring player. And, and honestly, man, um, after that first match, when I saw you on the field in person, uh, in, in match day two, it got me excited. It, it inspired me as a fan. I was like, look at this guy's pace. Uh, look at his, his thinking uh, off the ball. Can you tell me as early as we are in this whole season, is there a, 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 a potential talisman an inspiring player that, that one guy on the squad, or if not, What, what kind of candidates would you give us? Or are you one of those that could be the emerging talisman for our team?
1: I could, uh, I try to be, Um, I think it's a natural thing. I like helping. I like setting the pace of the game. I like changing the pace of the game, whether I start or I come in. Uh, It's something I think I've just been doing for, for ever since I started and uh, my family and my, my private coach, Joe, Who's in, who's in France. He gives me basically, but he quotes some players sometimes, and he teaches me a lot of of my game and how I can get better. And he does mention that a lot, you know, when you go in the game, you have to make the difference, but that is personal. That is something that you as an individual have to do because it is a collective, it's a collective sport, but it, a collective sport is played by a bunch of individuals, doing what they know how to do best. So I try to do my part as best as I can. Um, and that is trying to be a talisman, as you say it. And, you know, I would love to take on that role. That's something I enjoy. I enjoy teaching. I enjoy receiving information. I enjoy getting better and I enjoy helping helping others get better. So I did feel great in that match, to be honest. Um, I was in it from the start. First action, you know, took it from the goalkeeper, almost created a scoring a chance for for Jerome and, um, for Klaus. And, you know, that it's something that I love to do. So hopefully we'll be able to see it on and, you know, more often, more often, um, you know, it's up to the coach to play his his best 11. So we'll see.
0: Well, Nico, you mentioned that it's a collective and it is, and, um, you guys are starting this thing from scratch. So I think a lot of people underestimated what the team would be because they just didn't really know what to expect. It takes a while and a calibration period for, as you said, a collection of individuals to come together and gel. But seemingly, you guys have not missed a beat. You you were really starting to see that identity of the team develop. But how would you describe the identity of your team after three games?
1: We're fighters. We don't give up. Um, we've had two games where we've conceded first. Um, and you know, where we have we have had to fight back. And that's something that is not easy at all, especially being um, uh, a first time, let's say, professional team in this in the MLS. So being able to have that mentality, the that relentlessness, and that perseverance, is, is something that I, I think we we, ha- we do very well and we have to keep doing because it can get us out of many situations that I feel like we put ourselves in because sometimes we lose a quick second of focus and it costs a goal. But we have that mentality that, you know, that's one goal. We'll come back. Same thing in City Park. You know, we also have the fans behind us. So we have all these different scenarios and we manage to have that nonstop relentless mentality of not giving up.
2: It's been incredible. It's been incredible to watch. And like you said, you, you hit the ground running that, that match day, too. You were flying. You are my guy. You're my talisman right now. You got me so excited in a new way uh, just to see the work ethic and the different strategies. And we're kind of working backwards here. But you have a heck of a history. And it all started in Kansas City. Now, we're obviously a St. Louis City-based uh, podcast. We're, we're, we're international and spreading the love. Um, but it's so cool having a dude that was uh, – you were born in Kansas City, correct? Yes, and you raised there for a while, and then I know you went overseas as uh, as as a pretty young man. So can you tell us just like uh, just a little bit of the history of going from Kansas City to uh, to to Europe?
1: Yes, yeah, so I was born in Casey, Missouri. I lived, I grew up the first eight years of my life in Overland Park, Kansas, and then I moved to to Parma, Italy, um, in the north, in the region of uh, Emilia Romagna. It's about two hours, two and a half hours from Milan and uh moved there with my family we spent approximately four years there um playing you know playing as a young kid just enjoying it and then we had moved back to the states because we felt it was time to go back home so we moved to the east coast because that's where my mom wanted to get a different vibe a different air near the ocean um, in a place that she kind of knew already because my sister was born in DC so they lived in Annapolis so we moved out to maryland we spent i spent about two to three years in maryland and then at the age of 15 i moved to france um to play football to play soccer um and let's call it football over there so i moved there to play football um, yeah um <laughs> and i spent the last seven years i spent three years in paris uh three years in Caen in normandy and one year in montpellier and, you go. and then I signed for Orlando in the summer past July and I was drafted here in November. So kind of all over the place, but you know, you learn everything everywhere you go, you know, you learn something everywhere you go. So it's, it's wonderful.
0: Okay, Nico, you're half Italian. You lived in Italy. I'm partially Italian. I lived in Italy in college. So I need to know, what is your signature dish? Because I know coming from an Italian family (laughs) and living in Italy that you've got to have something that's like a family recipe. So what do you cook?
1: Um, Well, I'm a decent cook. I'm not going to, you know, go further than that because I'm not (laughs) the best cook. My mom's the best cook, Um, and she prepares uh, the best Um, pesto pasta pesto she actually knows how to make the the recipe the 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 true pesto sauce Um, but i think if you go to italy and you go to parma or anywhere really in the north i think it's best to have um good pesto it's just a different it's a different it's a it's a different taste it's it's, it's amazing with the parmesan cheese local parmesan cheese because it does come from there um so you know, I'm a I'm a a young, sh- a rookie chef, but uh, I kind of make simple meals, meals that get me by on a daily basis. But if I had to really pick my favorite dish um, of all time, it would probably be jerk pork. That's Jamaican, though. That's, That's Jamaican. Fine. But jerk pork is probably one of the best things I've ever had. So if I recommend anyone go to Jamaica, get some jerk pork. You'll love it.
2: So speaking of Italian and and Jamaican dishes, uh, you know a lot of people are new to uh, to sport around or to, to the sport around St. Louis, and we're trying to introduce really just the ins and outs of the sport, and of course the league, MLS, and obviously with this World Cup recently, a lot of people were like, "Hey, wait a second! I thought this guy was Italian, but he's playing for the you know the whatever squad." And you had an opportunity to play for the Italian squad, the Jamaican squad, or the U.S. squad, and you ended up choosing the u.s why could you shine a little light on uh how that worked and and why
1: um i chose the u.s team um first because i i am america i was born in america so and i have spent half my half my life here so um i i just feel that in my heart it was a hard decision to be honest and i saw the potential the growing u.s men's national team over the years and I wanted to be part of it. Uh, I had, you know, I, got, I had Greg on the phone. Um, he called me. He said, "You know, we like what you're doing, and we want to want to give you a shot." And I I can't turn that down. That's my nation. That's my country. I have Italian blood and Jamaican blood, but I'm a, I'm American. You know, I may have a little bit of a European um, way of of living and caring myself because of my father being European and me grew, living my uh, most of my teen years in Europe. Uh, but I'm, i I got the, the the red, white, and blue in, in my blood. So I mean, in in my heart. So um, you know, I that's that was decision making for me. It was it wasn't too difficult.
0: So Nico, when we talk about American soccer and MLS, there's always the comparison to European soccer or the Premier League or or whatever version of European soccer you want to compare it to. But we always talk about ways that American soccer and the MLS is not like European soccer or ways that it can kind of adapt itself to be like European soccer. But what's one thing about the MLS that you like more than something that you see in Europe?
1: Well, from where I have been... First of all, the installations here um, are more advanced. Um, what we have available uh, in in the training facility is much more advanced than what I've seen. Um, you know, I haven't been to a, a top club in Europe, so I couldn't I couldn't say for myself there. But I've still been to Montpellier, which is a you know a decent first division team. Uh, Cannes was in the first division, and there, there was no there's been no comparison um i also want to say the structure around the players um you know it's a lot of there's a lot of help that you can get as a player on and off the field here which in europe with my experience was not so developed yet um i'm pretty sure it'll get there eventually but here it's it's miles it's miles away for for sure um you know there's there, there i say there are positives and negatives for, on both sides but i've basically compared the MLS from where it used to be when I was a kid and I would have never imagined it so progressed and so mature already, you know, 10, 12 years later. So yeah, that, that would be my evaluation of it.
2: I agree with that as a, as a fan watching the league grow and seeing where it came from, uh, back in the uh, back in the nineties to where it is now, which leads me to my question so the difference obviously is is huge between the european leagues and the m l s but your experience although at brief uh with orlando city how what what's the difference that St Louis City is from the orlando experience uh as far as how the club may work or just the inner workings or just the 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 spirit of it the vibe the feel
1: you know I came to orlando um with a lot of inspiration and i was ready to you know kick in take off um it wasn't you know it wasn't the case i feel like i didn't get the opportunities for it um and you know the vibe was it was much different than what i expected um you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna down them or spit on what they had um because every team and every organization is different but the city vibe here is much more open than it was at orlando i feel like orlando we were separated in groups of culture and languages um, because of a big language barrier uh, most of it was spanish most of it so us american guys coming in was tough um but you know i come here a bunch of europeans everyone speaks english and it's something that you know i like a lot i see everyone's humble you know everyone's humble you know it does get heated sometimes but that's the nature of the game and it's important, and it's important. I feel like we have a group where these twenty-eight players in this full group—I know only twenty are roster—but these twenty-eight players have all contributed and can still contribute to our success. And in Orlando, I felt like that was already—they already had their success block—and the rest of us were kind of on the side, you know, maybe sometimes, maybe not. But yeah, I—I I wasn't expecting this to be so fluid here, but it has been.
0: Okay, Nico, one last thing for me and Moon, if you have something else after this, feel free to jump in. But we are getting to learn all of the players and the coaches at City because this is a new team. So we know about your background. We know that you love a pesto dish. We know that you love jerk pork. Tell us a little bit more about yourself as a person because we're we're getting to see who you are as a player on the field. What does Nico like to do in his spare time?
1: I'm a family guy. Um, I love my, my mom and my sister have moved here from, from Paris, uh, to be with me. So I, I couldn't, I can't complain. Um, I'm, I'm a really family guy. I love, I love being with them, spending time with them, um, no matter what we do. Um, you know, I'd like to explore St. Louis a little more. Um, but you know, we are working hard and getting tired sometimes. So I understand the fact that some of the guys don't always want to, want to go out and eat something, but, um, you know, I like going out, I like trying restaurants. I love trying restaurants, um, especially because I've heard that the food here is so wonderful. And so far I've been to five out of the long list I have, and they've all been wonderful. So, um, you know, delicious restaurants are are something on my, on my to-do list. We're going to get
2: along great, man. Yeah, totally.
1: (laughs) I I know, I can see that. Um, And um, yeah, you know, I'm, I just, I'm home a lot, but when I'm not, I'll be out trying a restaurant. So, you know, don't 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 follow me and don't try to catch me at a restaurant, but I'll be there sometimes.
0: <laughs> oh, but don't be surprised, Nico, when your DMs fill up with restaurants in St. Louis after they hear this offering for you to come in, because that's how <laughs> we do sure. it in St. Louis. Uh, let me
2: know, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm so thankful to to get the chance to 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 speak with you. Like I said, you really inspired me that that second match. I'm just such a diehard fan. Been trying to spread the sport for for years and years in uh, my family, friend, and fan group. And, uh, and it's guys like you that, that are humble, that are just really easy to talk to, really e- easy to learn the game from, and really easy to watch. You just make it really pleasant, and it's fun to watch your athleticism and your hustle. And I'm just so appreciative uh, uh, to, to you for, for being here in St. Louis, for playing for the U.S., and for for being here uh, for Michelle and I on the show. Um, I just think I think you're awesome, man. Go City.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. That was that was very nice. Very nice of you. Um, You know, I just try my best. Try my best. Just be who you are. And thank you guys so much.
0: Nico, thank you so much for the time. Congratulations on a great start and go get him versus San Jose. We appreciate you.
1: Thank you. You guys take care. Have a good game.
0: Thank you again to Nico Joachini for joining us on Soccer 101 this week. It was so amazing to get the opportunity to chat with him. And thanks, of course, to City for facilitating that interview. Moon and I will be back in action next week. But until then, go!